This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, Nick Loper here from the Side Hustle Show. When I'm not helping people earn money outside of their day job, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're celebrating the bow tie because our guest is the wizard of bow ties, the prince of financial advice online, and the host of the popular Let's Talk Money show on YouTube, Joseph Hogue. Plus, we welcome from Afford Anything, Paula Pant. And rounding out our team from LenPenzo.com, we welcome J.K. Rowling. Nah, I'm just kidding. She's busy buying more suitcases to store all that money she's going to make off Fantastic Beasts. That's ah, just Len Penzo. But that's not all. Ever feel the money crunch and you weren't sure where to turn? Or own a business and have employees who don't know where to turn? Today, in our Friday FinTech segment, we talk to the co-founder of Honeybee, Annie Lim. And now... A guy who can't even tie his shoes properly, let alone a bow tie, Joe Salcija. I totally can tie a tie. I haven't forgotten all that yet. I had to live with ties for 16 years every single day, and I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bowties for the Win podcast. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. We'll get to why we're talking about bow ties here in a moment. Well, Doug already kind of spilled the beans on that. But the person who we're going to spill the beans on first in the desert in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's our good friend Paula Pant from Afford Anything. True story. I once went to a bow tie meetup. 
Did you really? Did you have I, one? I am not kidding. It was at the World Domination Summit in Portland. I've been there twice. So it was the first year that I was at the World Domination Summit. And I looked at their meetups. I was like, yeah, entrepreneurship, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Bow tie meetup. I want to go back. <laughs> so did you dominate your bow tie? Well, and so I, I didn't bring a bow tie because I normally don't pack one for conferences. And it was funny because when I saw that there was a bow tie meetup, I immediately turned to the random stranger who was standing next to me. And I was like, cool, there's this bow tie meetup. I want to go, but I don't have a bow tie. And it was a woman. And she was like, oh, I have a bow tie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she was like, yeah, I, I have a bow tie. Sure. Bring it to every WDS. Do you want to borrow it? And I'm like, sure. What's your name? You know? And so sure enough, she let me borrow her bow tie. And then I went to the bow tie meetup. And then some photographer took a picture of everybody at that meetup with me front and center. And WDS used it in a bunch of their marketing material. <laughs> in your borrow bow tie. Exactly. In my borrowed bow tie, my borrowed green bow tie. I thought that story was going to end and now she's my best friend lives right next door. <laughs> no, but speaking of best friends who live right next door. Oh, oh. live <laughs> nice. She's doing the transitions for me. She, she, she's like, you can't handle the transitions. The, <laughs> the, the guy that is in the city next door, not that far in Los Angeles, California, deep under Los Angeles. I can't believe he's back. It's it's Len Penzo. Len, welcome to the Stacking Benjamins podcast. I don't know if you're yeah, familiar with this I, show. I have to remember which direction the microphone goes, which way is up and down. Hey, Paula, I don't remember seeing you at that conference. World what? Domination Summit? Oh, Domination. Oh, no wonder. I, did. I, I was talking about the World Dominatrix Conference. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, no wonder I didn't see you. A bridge too far. <laughs> I'm sure your boots were amazing. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Paula? Len went to the World Dominatrix Summit, and he's got the scars to prove it. <laughs> I sure do, Joe. <laughs> so, One of these days, I might share them with you. So, no, thank you. I will pass. And the guy wondering what the heck he's doing here from the Let's Talk Money YouTube channel. We're so happy we finally got him on the show. Joseph Hogue joins us. Man, it's about time. It's good to be here, but now I just can't get uh, that image of Lynn in a full body uh, dominatrix suit out of my head. So I am, I am going to be no good for this one. Yeah, which is too bad because bow ties are my brand. I love them. You know, uh, every video, and I think it's because I spent half my life denying the inner nerd in me, and uh, this next half really embracing it. It's always better, Joseph, when you just embrace it and go with it, isn't it? Embrace the horror. That's right. my motto. <laughs> I don't know, man. You look great in a bow tie, but tell everybody about the channel because I think it's so fun. Well, you know, I've been, uh, I come from an equity analyst background, investment analyst and, and private wealth management. Uh, did that for a long time. And I was actually been a blogger since 2013, but just this last year started in on the, uh, the YouTube channel. And I love it. I got to say that the interaction, the engagement, uh, when you have that face to face, you know, feeling with, with video, like they say, you know, video killed the radio star, what, 40 years ago and, and living the dream right now. So, I, I, I mean, I love talking about helping people beat their debt, make more money and just really just start making their money work for them because that's really, uh, that's really that financial freedom that we're all talking about. Well, the good news is today we're going to talk trivia. We'll talk about bow ties, but the rest of that will probably do very little of it. So I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> But you know a great way to, to save 450 bucks, Joseph? <laughs> Paula, back to you with the transit. <laughs> yeah. 
Paul how many bow ties could I buy for four hundred and fifty dollars? <laughs> Just think about how many bow ties can you buy for four hundred fifty bucks, <laughs> Joseph? The places because I'm still frugal, so uh, the places where I buy them probably about four hundred and fifty. Well, that's fantastic. Wow. Is well, that you, a clip on or a, or the ones you you tie yourself? Got it. You got to tie yourself. Okay. Got to go old school. Yeah, come come on, Len. He's not a heathen. <laughs> But if you want to save 450 bucks for that's new, sacrilege. that's right. For new bow ties, Joseph, you go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Cause when you go to magnify money, you know what happens? The average person saves 450 bucks because instead of walking into the bank and just saying, what have you got when it comes to all those financial products you use every stinking day, you end up getting over 90% of all the best banking products in one place, stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, whether it's checking, savings, refinancing the student loans, credit cards, whatever it might be, paying less interest to the man, stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. All right, we got a great show today. We got a surprise. Our contestants here, oh, I accidentally said contestants, don't even know what's going on. So uh, it's going to be- This means we win something. It's going to be a great episode. We got Joseph Ogue here. We got the people from Honeybee halfway through, but first, uh, let's get this party started. It's that time, Paula. It's that time. It is that time. Do you know this theme? It's a time to play the podcast game that will not die. We're playing... Guess that expensive thing that you just don't need. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> like always, it's going to be a game where Len doesn't understand the rules. Joseph's wondering what he's doing here. And Paula probably wins going away. But here's the <laughs> rules. We're going to play three rounds. We will let Joseph guess first in the first round. These come from a popular piece that I recently found. I won't tell you where, but for everybody playing at home, we'll link to it in the show notes. But I wouldn't look if you want to play along at home. I wouldn't look until after you listen to the show. But this was a recent piece that is 15 things, or is it 10? It's 10. Nope. Wait a minute. Yep. It's 10. (laughs) (laughs) Has the game started yet or a little long? That's right. So the first round, it'll be one point each. Second round, two points each. And the three round, the three round, the third round, you will get three points for a right answer. Everybody excited sitting on the edge of your seat? We've got 10 expensive products you're wasting your money on. Now, it doesn't matter, Joseph, if they're good or bad. It just matters that they're in this article. That's all we're looking for. What do you think one of the 10 expensive products is out there? that you're probably wasting your money on. I'm going to go with bath salts. Is bath salts (laughs) on the list? You got to point up to the board. Show me bath salts. I think Len thought it wasn't on the list from the beginning. Was that what that laugh meant? Yeah. Is that on the list? You got to be kidding. Is that on the list? No, no. But I'm thinking, you know why Len's laughing is because he loves his bath salts. He's like, are you kidding me? Those are expensive because they're worth it. You are aware that bath salts is also the street name of a, a pretty serious drug, yes? Is it really? Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that, that's of- what I meant, sure. <laughs> <laughs> trying to turn my street cred here. <laughs> so then somebody's saying, no, that's totally necessary. I have to have my bath salts. <laughs> well, well, you got, that's you that's gotta, why I was laughing. 
you got to qualify that expensive to me is is twenty dollars because I'm broke living in you know living in my wife's basement. Like <laughs> yeah, that's said, a good so. point. What is expensive? You have to define expensive here. That's true. I will. That's a good point, Joseph. I will. Uh-huh. Read, I should get a point for that. Come on. I will read the beginning of this piece. There are some products we're spending money on in life, but others not so much. We can justify splurging on high quality kitchen knives and mattresses, while other expensive items are simply a waste of your hard earned money. The following are ten expensive products. You're wasting money on. Don't worry. We've suggested some less expensive alternatives as well. Talk about this, Joe Joseph. Instead of bath salts, is somebody spending money on that? What do you do instead? Bath peppers. <laughs> Shower salt. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I have my wife throw Mortons at me, at me while I'm in the shower. You know? <laughs> Come out like a prune. That's Joseph's yeah. Joseph's own dominatrix experience right there. <laughs> She's throwing Mortons at her. <laughs> I'm writing that down, that's for sure. All right, Paula, you get to go second. What do you think? What's on this list? Okay, expensive products. Expensive products I'm wasting my money on. I am going to say the brand name brand of various medications and other items rather than the generic brand. So Tylenol instead of acetaminophen, for Ah, example. So uh, brand name pharmaceuticals? Brand name pharmaceuticals. The piece says the same marketing ploys at work with brand name medications like Advil or Motrin. The active ingredient in these medications is the same in generic ibuprofen tablets. So buy the cheap ones and save yourself the headache. Get it? (laughs) So funny. Some writers just cracking themselves up there. Yeah, Which we is, we've got all. It's funny because bath salts is also a drug. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which one we're talking about. So y- you already know that trick, then, Paula. You don't go for the name brand stuff. Oh, absolutely! I've got a giant bottle of generic ibuprofen in my medicine cabinet that she takes every time she finishes a stacking Benjamin's podcast recording. <laughs> yes. All right, Paula's on the board with one, Len. What do you think? You know, I, I would bet the ranch that this is on here, so I should kind of hold it until the three-point question. I mean, the, these rules, Joe, it's like, you know, I could get the first two right and get three points, and nobody could get any points before that. And then the, somebody comes around in the third round and ties you. That's why there's an asterisk after every game of this. <laughs> every game is okay, under let dispute. let me just use it. I'm going to use every game. Your, your win is tainted. That's, that's exactly no, I, I, it. I, this is a, look, this is a short bet. If this is not on the list, I'm calling malpractice on the story. Ready? Yes. Designer jeans. Is designer jeans on the list? Designer goods. The person who wrote this wrote, I majored in fashion merchandising in college and as such, I'm painfully aware of just how much a ripoff designer goods are. The thousand dollar designer handbag you've been coveting. It was probably made in the same factory as that $20 bag from Target. You're only paying premium prices because these goods have a designer label. There's nothing inherently valuable about them. It's just good marketing. I'll admit that designer jeans are often an exception, though. It says it right here. It says they're totally worth it. Okay, Joe, did you just give away another one of those with, uh, I majored in fashion merchandising in college? Uh, That's right. uh, Expensive things that are absolutely worthless. Uh, uh, I disagree. disagree. Direct your hate mail for that comment to Joseph at (laughs) Joseph. Yes, that's right. So you don't buy the designer. I look at the hat you always wear, Len. I think it's a designer label hat, isn't it? No, it's not. No. 
No, so, it's a Walmart special. You could have like the Len Penzo hat. You're so known for that. My other famous one is my old Navy. It's old Navy. But uh, yeah, no, this is this is nice and comfy from Walmart. Yeah. Paul ever by designer stuff. You know, there are certain brands that I think are higher quality than other brands. So I do pay for specific brands that I think will last longer or fit better. Joseph, how about you? Ever get a, you must have one designer bow tie. You've got to. I, I actually, I buy a lot of designer stuff, but I live in Columbia, so it is all fake designer stuff. You know, I got the best of both worlds. It's, it's cheap and it's designer. Do you mean Columbia? Columbia? You mean Columbia? Columbia. Go south, south. And that's bath salts, Columbia. I'm, I'm sensing a a bit of a (laughs) theme here. I never thought there was such a difference between Columbia, South Carolina and the rest of the world. (laughs) I'm talking Columbia, the country. Oh, so way south. Yes. Yeah. All right. The score after round one, Paula won, Len won, and Joseph with some strategy going on, letting them get ahead. Here we go. Round two, we go in reverse order. That means Mr. Penzo is first. Uh, okay. Hmm. Really, this round doesn't count for anything since the next round's worth three points. So he's just protesting. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it, Len. Like once you get to round three, the most obvious examples will have already been taken. So it's harder to come up with stuff in round three. Or well, Joseph stole, you- stole my bath salts. So that's that's out. So <laughs> you could have uh, held. Okay. You could have held the designer goods. You could have <laughs> held that. Okay, so let's see. Some kind of item that we're wasting money on. Uh, oh, different let's than, say. Different than past game shows we've done in the past where where the some of them are obscure. obscure. These ones are really straightforward. These are products. So let's just be clear. These are like items you buy in a store or buy, buy from a retailer or somebody selling something, right? This isn't things like we had before, like, in, you know, I don't know what the heck we were talking about, premium gasoline or whatever the heck the stuff we were talking it, it, about. It could be that. I mean, that could be on the list. It's just it's things it you could spend. Be. Yes. That the premium. But gasoline. I'm going to say premium gasoline. <laughs> oh. Is premium gasoline on the I'm, list? It is. Dude goes fishing. <laughs> Huh? They're gonna make a movie about this. How could I? How could I have? How could I have played that straight without telling you that it's on the list? You know, something like um, I don't think premium gasoline be on this list, would it? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not that type of thing. Joseph's awesome. like, I'm never coming back. Yeah, premium gas. It says most car experts will tell you the majority of vehicles don't need premium gas. If your owner's manual requires premium, that's one thing. But if it's simply recommended, skip it. Premium gas is supposed to reduce the chance of engine knock, but most luxury cars have sensors that prevent that anyway. So using premium gas is kind of redundant. And an extra 50 cents a gallon is an expensive way to pay for redundancy. So there goes your sponsorship from Exxon there. There it goes. (laughs) And then Joseph's there to pick it up. He's, He's like, hey, I've got a great YouTube channel. (laughs) Well, you know, actually I I did a video on that and people hated it. They, I got so many car experts out that told me that I was full of BS that, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I actually wouldn't have guessed that one. So, so good. Len picked it up. How about that? Len has two, which means he's going to tie for the win because he's going to blow it on the third one. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say spoiler, but we already know based on his bitching already. <laughs> now, come on, Joe. Paula goes second here. Okay. I am going to guess 
high-end beauty products, such as high-end makeup or moisturizing face creams. Or bath salts. (laughs) (laughs) Is is high-end beauty products on the list? It is not on the list. I would have thought that... We would have given it to bath salts, though, Paula, I think. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be a high-end beauty product? Well, I mean, I just got to say, Google the news report about a person who took a bunch of bath salts and then ended up turning to cannibalism. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Is that bath salts or isn't it that, that... That's that sativa stuff or something, isn't it? Not bath salts. Or is bath salts supposed to be that? Bath bath salts is whatever drug it is that caused that one guy, I think it was in Florida, to become a cannibal. Wow. <laughs> how long did he so stay a cannibal? And that's how a conspiracy theory starts, folks, right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is it. Hold on. I, I'm so Googling this right now. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to defend my honor here. Because if it's on Google, it must be true, right? Okay, bath salt cannibal. Miami cannibal attack. On May 26, 2012, a nude assailant named Rudy Eugene attacked and maimed Ronald Popo. Eugene accused Popo of stealing his Bible, beat him unconscious, removed Popo's pants, and bit off most of Popo's face above the beard, including his left eye. Oh, Oh, but was it a bow tie? Oh. Above his left. And- <laughs> now, okay, the, but this is there's so many things in there that that wasn't bath salts. That was Miami. No, no. It gets hot. Al- although, get police, <laughs> although police sources speculated that the street drug bath salts might have been involved, preliminary toxicology toxicology reports were not yet positive for that. And there you have it. Welcome to the. <laughs> this is going to a very dark place right here. Yeah. Joseph so is Ev- like, this is the weirdest financial podcast I've ever been a guest on. <laughs> Welcome to Stacky Benjamins, man. All right. Uh, speaking of Joseph, it's his turn. Len, Len has three. Paula has one. So Joseph, with a score here, you'll be solidly in second place. All right. Until we get to that third round where anything's up. I'm I'm going to uh, try to turn off as many of your readers as I can. So I, I got about half of them with that fashion merchandising uh, crack earlier. I'm going with the iPhone. Is $1,200 the... phone? I just can't see it. Let's see if it's on the list. Is the iPhone on the list? The latest, ah. the latest iPhone or other overhyped gadget. The piece says, within a week of owning the much hyped iPhone 10. I came to the conclusion that it simply wasn't worth the thousand bucks I paid. Sure, it's cool that I can unlock it with my face, but to the general consumer's untrained eye, the performance and camera aren't noticeably better. Plus, Apple released three new versions of the iPhone 10 within a matter of months, so mine isn't even the cool kid on the block anymore. The hype was short-lived, to say the least. The moral of the story here is that it's generally not worth it to snatch up the latest and greatest gadgets the minute they're released. Just get an iPhone 8 and save yourself a couple hundred bucks. Is that what you did, Joseph? I, I've got a Huawei, which is the, uh, the Southeast Asia version of iPhone that costs about a tenth as much. And I unlock it all the time just by smashing it up against my face. <laughs> so. Cl- Clark Howard, by the way, the guru in Atlanta, Clark Howard's all about the Huawei phone. He went on and on with me after we recorded a, a segment together about the Huawei phone for, I'm going to say, 15 minutes about how much he loves it. 
Do you like yours? I, I never use it. I'm at home all the time on my computer. So right. my phone is basically a very expensive WhatsApp machine <laughs> that uh, that my wife tells me when she's going to be home and for me to get dinner started. There it That's is. about it. Paula, uh, how about your phone? Oh, I have an iPhone X and I love it. <laughs> yes, I totally disagree with this tip. I think it's a fantastic phone worth every penny. Len is going for the antique because he's got a rotary phone. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I got a really long cord, so I can walk probably three to four miles from home, and it'll st- and it still works. So, but it's always there. a pain when he gets yanked back. <laughs> <laughs> you should see people when my phone rings. Let me tell you, they're like, "What the hell? What is going on?" <laughs> hey, excuse me, I move over. You're, watch out for it. he's walking around the mall with his phone cord dragging. You know, all the people dripping behind me on the cord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously, Len, what type of phone you have? I have an iPhone 7. Yeah, I've got a 6 still. I still have a 6. Not a 6S? Uh, no, just I think, well, I don't know. Loser. I got the... Loser. <laughs> Big frustration for people working and also for employers is cash flow, right? And by cash flow, I don't mean cash flow of the company. I mean, somebody who's hard at work during their day and they realize they're not going to make it to the next paycheck. And while that might not be an issue for you today, that's an issue for lots and lots of people. So one company that we met at FinCon who's addressing that is a company called Honeybee. And we're super excited that today on our Friday FinTech segment, we're going to be joined by one of the creators of Honeybee, Any Lim. As always, our goal with the Friday FinTech segment is to spotlight a company that we're just learning about. So we don't endorse any of the companies on our Friday FinTech segment, but we certainly love hearing about companies solving some of the biggest problems in the financial services industry. And certainly people living paycheck to paycheck who are having trouble and at the same time then get preyed upon by payday loan companies and that sort of firm. That's a problem for us all. So coming down to the basement, let's say hello to any from Honeybee. And walking down the stairs right now, it's our new friend, Any Lim from Honeybee. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. Tell me, this concept of Honeybee is so innovative. Uh, How did you guys decide to work on this? Did one of the two of you or any of you have problems with debt? Did you have a problem or was it an opportunity that you saw? Our team had all issues with debt. But a little bit about me is about 10 years ago when I moved to the U.S., I was credit invisible in the U.S. banking system and had a really difficult time building credit. I applied to credit cards, kept getting rejection, and then eventually built my credit off a rewards program card at a retail store. And always wondered in the back of my mind how everybody else did it. Fast forward a little, two years ago, I went through a divorce and went through a huge financial setback and it affected my credit. And I started looking at the different alternatives out there and everything came back to payday lending. And so I started doing a lot of research about predatory lending. And unfortunately, I had to leave the San Francisco Bay Area because I couldn't live here anymore. The cost of living was really high for me. So I had to go back 3,000 miles back into my 
old room in Canada. And that's really how the idea was born because I felt like there was, uh, I could find an innovative solution to help people just like me. And so I partnered with my co-founders and that's how we came up with the idea. That's amazing. So when you say you went back to Canada, were you living in mom's basement too? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. We have so much in common. <laughs> um, basements aren't that bad, but it's definitely a humbling experience. Yeah. Well, how did you guys decide to get the employer involved before we tell people exactly how this works? Because part of your innovative approach is getting people's employer involved. How did you determine that step? Were you sitting at, I just imagine you guys sitting at a, I don't know, a coffee shop one day, because it seems like such a brilliant, but obvious idea. We always believe that employers can provide the right tools for their employees to be uh, financially well. And also my co-founder, Benny, his family owned restaurants and always had to lend money to their employees because they treated them like family. Mm -hmm. And so I, I strongly believe that employee can provide the right tools for the employees. So with that, people are wondering, you're talking about employer, you're talking about payday loans, you're talking about all this stuff. Tell people exactly what you guys do. Well, I'll talk a little bit about the problem first. Yeah. Um, actually, an article just came out yesterday published by CFSI that only 28% of Americans are financially healthy. And unfortunately, 7 out of 10 working Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That's a stat we're all familiar with. Emergencies happen to all of us, right? A trip to the ER can cost $500 out of pocket. The rent goes up, the car breaks down, and it's really inevitable. And so what we do at Honeybee is that we partner with employers to provide an extra week's pay at any time for the employees. And we help them build credit and also provide them uh, with the tools that they need to get on a healthy financial path. Let's start off with the extra week's pay. What does that mean? The extra week pay is we let employees borrow up to $2,500 at no interest, regardless of credit. It's free for employers and it's just 5% flat fee, always capped at $50 at on the loan amount. And it's repaid back over the course of three months. We follow the payroll schedule that the employer has, and there's no payroll deduction. And that's a little bit about how the program works is the amount is going to be based on their tenure, their salary per hour, and their accrued PTO. So people, when they're paying back the loan, you said it's not payroll deduction. It doesn't come off of their, off of their paycheck. They pay it separately. That's correct. So we do direct ACH. Okay, gotcha. And then the second piece of that that you talked about was interest rate. How is it? It's a 0% interest rate. Is that what you said? Yes, no interest. How does that work? Well, <laughs> so how, how does it work as in how do we make money? Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah, because on the other end, the people you're competing against have 300% interest. And you come to the table with 0% interest. How, do, how does that, how do you make money there? We are a certified benefit corporation, which means that social impact is really core to what we do and transparency also. And in order for people to get out of debt, like it's really important to provide the tools for them, right? So providing them with zero interest really helps them. It's, it's just a flat fee. And of course, that's, that's pretty much it. We want to make sure that they have the tools to get back on their feet. How does this improve somebody's credit score? You mentioned that too, and I'm not sure how that works. So we do report it back to the credit bureau, the repayments that helps them improve their credit score over time. Do you ever worry about people not repaying or is that on the employer? If, if they don't repay, then the employer repays. How does that work? 
Uh, no, there's no liability on the employer, but going through the employer channel really creates that trust factor. It's proven that when we introduce this benefit through the employer channel, employees repay back on schedule. And, and that's been really amazing. We've had no default rates. Zero default. That's correct. Wow. I'm sure you're loaning money to people sometimes that have horrible credit scores. Um, yeah. And that's why we don't, I don't like to say horrible credit scores, but essentially <laughs> they are, they went through a tough time like myself, sure. right? Yes. I had a huge setback and it's out of our control, but our goal is to make sure that we can provide a loan that they can properly repay, right? Which is the problem with payday lending. They're just lending the money and they can't afford to repay it back. That's why we take into consideration, we need HR to verify a few information for us, how much they make, how long they've been at the company, and how much accrued PTO they have. With all those variables into play, we make sure we provide a loan amount that they can properly and repay back. How does paid time off figure into the equation? So paid time off is an asset that belongs to all the employees. And right now it's completely untapped. And what we've done is we've taken that into consideration to calculate that amount, right? So somebody with a lot of paid time off, that's what's happening today is they're not taking their vacation. The reality is they can't afford to take vacation, right? right. So they're accruing it, they're accruing it. And uh, how it comes into play is if they were to get separated from the company, it would go down to pay down the loan amount. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so there is some security on the loan. Yes. Yeah. I also find it fascinating. This is not just a concept. You're already partnering with some pretty big companies people have heard of before. Yes. And that's, what's been really amazing. I've always believed that employers really care about their employees <laughs> and we've had so many that really advocated for us, everything from manufacturing, nonprofits, parks, zoos, museums, Healthcare is another one, food production. So there's a lot of companies that have really come on board and embraced it. Can we mention some of the companies? I can definitely mention a few of the companies. Yeah. So a few of the ones I'm based out here in the San Francisco Bay Area, Asian Art Museum is one, Strauss Family Creamery. We have Alameda Community Food Bank, that is one also, and uh, San Francisco Zoo. So we do have quite a few that are recognizable and they've really embraced our program. Yeah, that is, that is neat. And if somebody wants to partner with you guys, how do they go about doing it? So the first thing they can do is just reach out to us, go on our website, meethoneybee.com, and you can just contact us directly. We are free to partner with, and our goal is just to work with you to provide a financial safety net for your employees. And I was going to say, now, on the employer side, and I, hopefully employers already understand this, but if people don't worry about their money, you, you probably have all these statistics, Any, I would imagine, because I've even seen these statistics. If people don't worry about their money while they're working, they do a much better job for you. Yes, absolutely. And that's exactly right, Joe. You employees that don't focus too much and stress too much about their finances can be more productive. They're healthier. And, and what happens is if they are too stressed out at work, they're not going to be focused or engaged. And that has a downward spiral for a company. I want to get your opinion on something else that is kind of related to what you're talking about. There was an opinion piece, I believe in the USA Today just recently, saying, why are we still addicted to the every other week paycheck or the once a month paycheck? Why can't we change it with all the technological stuff like Honeybee out there? Why can't we change it where people get paid more on demand? Do you have any thoughts about that? 
Well, there's a lot of companies that are working at solving the problem. And I, I can tell you, it's like just working with a lot of other founders. We're definitely working around that. And I, I really believe that, yes, you're right. People should be paid on demand instead of that biweekly, semi-monthly. And I think that's something that we will definitely get to. Yeah. And if you can solve the ACH three-day thing for us too, that would be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on that also. I got to tell you, I mean, it was like that in like 1994 when I started as an advisor. And it's so every, there's so much innovation, like what you guys are doing. I can't understand why that thing is still so onerous and stupid, but anyway. (laughs) I'm glad you expressed your feelings. Yeah. I'm sorry. My own, my own commentary there for more. Once again, we'll have this on the show notes page. If you're walking the dog or commuting to or from work at meethoneybee.com. Any thanks for hanging out with us and explaining a little bit about honeybee. I love what you guys do. Thanks for inviting me to your basement. I love it. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and check out Joseph Hogue's new bow tie. Man, I gotta say, that color of red matches my eyes. I should get one of those. Okay, in honor of Joseph being here with us, let's dive into some bow tie trivia, shall we? Of course, you all know neckties have been around since the Thirty Years' War way back in the 17th century when Croatian soldiers used them to keep their shirt collars tight. The bow tie really came into its own as part of the tuxedo, which was invented when Pierre Lorillard created a new fashion trend when he walked into a formal ball at the Tuxedo Club just outside New York City with his new type of formal wear. But you guys knew all that, right? So here's your actual question. In what year did Lorillard create the tuxedo? All right, we explained the game backstage, and uh, Joseph... You get to decide first, would you like to guess first in the middle or last? And we're going to go, it's the closest without going over. We will say, let's go to the second. Do a Joe sandwich here. Second deal. And so then uh, I don't even have with me who's who's winning this game. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember if Paul and me are tied or I'm one ahead of Paula now. I can't remember what it, don't you, do you have that recorded somewhere? You got to have that somewhere. Oh, we must have it. If only there were a recording of that podcast, we could go back to and listen to the recording of this show. (laughs) (laughs) If we kept a record somewhere, uh, you know what? Uh, We're just going to let Paula go next. Paula, do you want to guess first or last? I will guess last. Yeah. There you go, Len. Sorry. I think that's how it works. I think I'm one up on everybody anyway, so yeah. I should be picking first. I think, I, I, I think you are too. So Joseph's playing for OG here. I, I do believe that Len is up by one on both Paula and OG. So Len, you're first. And what All year right. did, did Pierre Lorillard create the tuxedo? That's a good question. Let's see. I, you know, I, it said New York City, so obviously it's got to be late 19th century, I'm guessing, or early 20th century. So I'm trying to think. I think I've seen some roaring 20s photos with people in Texas. Um, 1919. 1919 is the guess. Joseph, that brings it to you. Mm, so all my game show training tells me I should go with 1920. <laughs> but, uh, actually, but, if you're smart, you go 1919.1. Ah, there you go. January. I actually, of- I actually know this one. I actually know that it was in 1942 
because you know, the uh, Antarctica had just joined on the Axis side of World War II, and the tuxedo was a way to blend in with the penguins on the on the Axis yeah. side. So it was it was actually a, it, it came into a uh, you know a strategic decision, and it just kind of caught on. So 1942. 1942 is Joseph's guess. Paula, you got a conundrum well, I, here. I know, right? I you know I'm going to go even earlier. I'm going to guess 1900. 1900. Why are you guessing that? Well, uh, same thought pattern as Len in that they said New York City. So it has to be after 1776, at least. Um, (laughs) New York City was around before 1776. Yeah, but I mean, you just don't see any pictures of them signing the Declaration of Independence in tuxes. Do you think they would have dressed up for something like that? I know. Not that big a deal. Probably not. Like one guy showed up in short pants and, and they just turned him away. <laughs> I'm sorry. No cargo but, shorts at the signing. Yeah. The $2 Flip-flops. bill would have been way different. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's your strategy, Paula. Yeah, pretty much. So right. then I thought through the 1800s and thought, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we really got around to making tuxedos in the 1800s. So we'll, we'll just call it 1900. 1900 for Paula, 1919 for Len, 1942 for Joseph. And uh, we're going to make you wait here for just a second. Well, on Fridays at Magnify Money, normally we take a look at interest rates. And let's do that today. We're going to head and we're doing this a little bit early. So by the time that this airs, they might have changed. But let's take a look at savings accounts. So I go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And I click on savings accounts. I click that link get personalized offers, and that quickly, I'm there. Currently, the top rate of the 128 that are listed at uh, Magnify Money in this particular comparison, 2.5% is the top interest rate, 2.26%, then is second, 2.25 is third, and there's one, two, three, four options there before we go down to 2.16, then a couple at 2.15 and 2.12. So definitely at this point, if you're earning less than 2%, you're behind the eight ball because there are a lot of them at 2% or above. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Not just for savings accounts though, also for better checking accounts, for a snowball versus avalanche calculator, money personality quiz, credit card comparisons, 0% interest credit cards, low interest cards, cashback rewards, student loan refinancing, auto loans if you've got to have a loan for your ride all those and more at stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money all right len you're 1919 how you feeling about that you know what i'm i don't know it was it was kind of a wild guess but i'm feeling pretty good joseph pretty good 1942, I like the idea of fitting in with the Penguins. But I'm way over. I know I am. <laughs> I've, I've watched, what is, what is it? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. I think they're wearing they're wearing stuff in there, and that's that's a little bit before their show. Yeah. Tuxedo's there. And then Paula, 1900, feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. All right, Doug, what are you thinking? Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I know that this is an audio-only podcast, so I'll just fill in everyone playing at home. 
Joseph Hogue has just had a complete costume change and now is in a polka dot bow tie. That guy changes outfits faster than Larry King changes wives. For the record, Larry's had seven, but who's counting? Before he changes again, let's get to your trivia answer. In what year did Pierre Lorillard create the tuxedo? Pierre Lorillard walked into the tuxedo club with his new black tie formal wear in 1866. No, Joseph, don't go waving your bow tie around in celebration. We got a show to finish, dude. Just calm down. See ya. Hey, there it is. Swing and a miss by everybody. Wow. That's pretty good. You know, after I gave mine, I was kind of thinking, when was the Titanic sunk? Because didn't we see in the movie Titanic, weren't people dancing around in tuxedos? They were. That's right. They were in tuxedos. But that was. When when was that? When did that thing sink? That was like 1902 or wasn't it? Or 19. 1842. Isn't that the year that the Titanic sailed the ocean blue? Columbus founded North America, I think. Oh, (laughs) ambiguity. Right. Hey guys, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline. We're going to tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they're putting what you value first. Paula, what are the two things you value most? Cats and Taco Bell? Well, yes. Either that or your loved ones and your time. So (laughs) very close to what Haven Life was thinking. So nice job. That's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. Their application simple and online, and you get, bam, an instant coverage decision. Prices are affordable, and their insurance calculator is my favorite, actually my favorite online calculator. Most calculators give you one number. They actually give you a range, and I really think that life insurance is more about a range than it is this set number. But it's not good for just like if you're doing regular math, right? So like if you said 2.2 and it said three to seven, that's probably not very helpful. It's funny. They actually, they actually use, I mean, not to nerd out too much, but they actually use two different numbers. On one end, they use something close to your human life value. And on the other end, they use what's called a, a needs analysis, which goes through just if you need to put the kids through college, you need to hire a housekeeper, whatever that might be. So you get both ends of it and then you decide where you need to be between the two of those. Why do I think my human life value would be very disappointing? (laughs) You kidding me? Those YouTube videos alone are worth a ton, man. Millions, millions. (laughs) Today, guys, we're throwing out the Haven Lifeline to our friend Evan. Say hi, Evan. Hey, Joe and OG. I have great news and bad news. The weird part is it's the same news. My wife and I are expecting, and now we are also expecting all the financial changes that come with our first child. Uh, current stress is looking at daycares and their ever-rising price tags. So I'll lay out the situation for you. We um, currently don't have a great amount of money in savings, but just about every November, I can guarantee about uh, $3,600 of guaranteed savings, if not more, due to a company savings program that I'm enrolled in. If the company's stock price goes up, I get a bonus, so that's great. But other than that, I have $3,600. Now, should I use that money to try and pay down some of our debt, such as our $4,500 car loan that's about $320 a month, that would help free up some cash flow, so maybe we could pay for daycare? 
but who knows with how much it seems to be rising. Or should I save that money and just use that money to bridge the gap until I get my next payment next November? I guess that's kind of my question. So let me know what you think. Thanks. Man, tough question there, guys. And uh, (laughs) Joseph, we'll go to you first. Does he pay off debt? Does he hold that money and use it for daycare until his next payment from the company? What does he do? Oh, first of all, he just sounds so excited. He sounds like he's calling 911 <laughs> here uh, for such a, a joyous occasion. I got good news uh, and bad you know, news. We're having a baby. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I love the call-in format. I've never done this before, but but I want to try to channel my best Susie Orman impersonation because I know Paulo's a huge fan. You know, when he says bridging the gap, that just scared me because so many people are living this way, right? Paycheck to paycheck. And if that's how it is, then I don't think that 3600 is ever going to be enough to really get out ahead. So I'd actually really like to see him put that into starting some kind of a, an online business. And I know that sounds a lot more risky than paying down debt or, or some, you know, paying some of those current bills. But until he works on that income side of the in- equation, he's never going to be able to bridge that gap. You know, beyond that, I'd just say make sure he's taking advantage of some of those special savings accounts like an FSA, uh, which uh, that flex, flexible savings account, which, you know, can be used to pay for those uh, those daycares and, and that kind of thing. And then the 529 eventually to make his money go a little bit further. But, yeah, I think work on that income side because that 3600 isn't going to be enough if uh, every year he's counting on that just to bridge some kind of a gap. There were lots of possible answers I thought you could give to that question, and that wasn't one of them. That was pretty phenomenal. Like I did not. Are we still playing the trivia game? I did not, yeah, that's six points this is right round there. Three, I win. <laughs> that is six points right there. I did not expect that answer. That is cool, Paula. What do you think? So here's what I think: the car loan is forty five hundred, and the amount that he's going to get is thirty six hundred. I would not pay off the car loan unless he can also come up with that nine hundred dollar difference. If he can then I would pay off that entire car loan in one big lump sum payment because that guarantees that he will then free up that cash flow of 300 and whatever dollars per month. But if he, if he pays down most, but not all of the car loan, that's still not going to free up that cash flow. Cause I'm assuming that that 300 per month of whatever he's paying for his car loan, it's not going to get wiped out in just three months. Cause part of that's going to go to interest. So maybe it'll take, I don't know, four or five or six months. I don't know what kind of amortization schedule his car loan has, but I wouldn't pay it off unless I could pay it off in full in one big fell swoop. You wouldn't do three quarters of the loan. Exactly. What's interesting though, you know, well, Len, back me up here. You've got kids, $350 versus daycare a month. There's $350 is not going to cover daycare a month. No, I, I don't, I don't think so. Which my first response was, these are difficult to answer because you really don't know everything that's even though Evan gave a lot of information, we don't have all the information. But one of the things I don't know if he's checked into, I assume his wife's working because right, because there's daycare that is involved here. But has he looked into the cost of his wife or him staying home? If there's a large disparity in their incomes, uh, after you take into account the tax penalties that you'd have there and and other items, sometimes it might be better to have one parent stay home. Hmm. So that's one thing to consider. And, and maybe Evan has, but I, I'm just, that's something to think about. And, and then the other thing I have, I was kind of concerned is he just said he didn't have a lot of savings at all. So maybe he should 
have a little savings backup. You never know. I don't know how the definition of didn't have a lot is, but uh, I think you'd want to have at least a couple thousand in the bank for a car repair, unexpected or something too. So that was my reaction. One thing that he should consider if they're thinking about having either of them stay at home is the career penalty, the future income, because it's not just the disparity between the cost of daycare and your current income. It's also the ability to re-enter the workforce after a prolonged absence and the payment, the type of income that you could earn and your advancement potential and your job potential when you do make that re-entry. There are a lot of people who take three or four years out of the workforce in order to have children. And then when the kid turns four and goes to school, they try to re-enter and they find that they they can't get a job or the only jobs that are being offered to them are significantly lower than what they previously had. And so that's, I think, where the real cost of leaving the workforce comes from. It's not just the immediate income. It's all of that future income for decades. And that's going to stay with you decades into the future. That's going to affect you for the rest of your life. It's a cumulative penalty. Exactly. But it's interesting, Joseph's take on this about earning more money. I think I, I think sometimes it is an income problem and it is about finding ways to earn earn more. But also the other thing we don't know is are there other places where Evan and his family could cut? Because $350 alone isn't going to bridge that gap. So for me, paying off the car loan is great because if you pay off $350 worth of debt, that's fantastic. But if he's just going to go get back into debt again because of, you know, $1,000 a month of daycare or whatever the heck that number ends up being, which is going to be far north of three fifty, paying off the car loan ends up being, being nothing. It's tough. So I agree with Paula then that it, don't pay it off unless you can pay the whole thing off and capture that. And I agree with Joseph that there's got to be a way to make more money. And even if it's not a side hustle, maybe it's go ask your boss find a way to figure out a non-emotional way to ask for a raise. You know, uh, there's been plenty of studies that say that maybe making more money. And I, and I do find that's interesting, Len, because your, your approach to this worked really well for your family where the honeybee decided to stay at home and that worked really well for you guys. Yeah. And, and I'm a spoker. I said tax penalty. And what I meant was it's just the disparity. By the time you're done paying for things like yeah. child care and, and work clothes and the added expense of the second spouse going to work, it's like that second spouse is earning almost nothing if there's a huge disparity in the income. So that's what I meant by that. Did she? Because I know your wife a little bit and she'd worry about this type of stuff. The stuff that Paula talks about, the fact that there's this cumulative penalty of her leaving the workforce, I'm sure she considered that. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but she was kind of in, you know, she was okay with, I think she knew she was, you know, once we did that, that was an all in thing. So that was going to be for a 20 year period. And, and, you know, uh, she's a bankruptcy paralegal, so, um, it's not a huge income stream over time. Anyways, it's kind of a steady low amount of money, relatively speaking. So if you had something where, you know, a career where you had a chance to really build your build forward, it would be different. What type of side hustle, Joseph, do you think, um, would be would give him that immediate impact, especially when he's got another mouth to feed. Sure, sure, and that's what we're talking about, isn't it? I, I guess getting that you know that immediate impact. So, so I'd be looking at uh, some kind of freelancing, some kind of contract work, and it might not pay uh, quite as much as really building that online business, but it's going to be immediate, and hopefully, it's going to be enough in five to ten hours a week, maybe, to really get you out ahead far enough where where you don't have to worry about that gap. 
Uh, so I would say freelancing, if there's any kind of skill that you can do. And believe me, if you go to some of these sites, freelancer.com, Upwork, Fiverr, and look around and you can freelance anything. So just uh, you know, go, go over there, figure out what you like to do uh, or what you're good at, what you do as a, as a regular job and, and look around and, and put something together. I was, you, can, uh, you can make some good money on it. I was surprised to your point, Joseph. Bam, I did it. Hey, John. Your point. <laughs> there it is. Uh, that how easy it was to begin making money online as a freelancer. I was I was shocked at how many avenues there were open. I was up and running within I don't know three weeks, not making phenomenal money, but bringing in something. So very. Oh, but it's extra, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what I I call I mean freelancing beyond just making the money. I call it income insurance because okay, companies are loving that that freelance contract worker. They pay you know half the cost when they don't have to pay benefits and they get the same amount of work. So. You know, 20 years from now, that's that's going to be how work is done is through that contract, independent worker, freelancer kind of thing. So get started now. Get started now building your uh, book of clients or, or whatever and, and freelancing because that's going to be where it's at. Thanks for the question, Evan. If you've got a question for the show, head to stackybedjamins.com and on the top of the page, you'll see uh, questions for the show. Click that link and you'll see all the ways you can interface with us. But I know what everybody's waiting for. We got to get back to the original competition, not the not the middle of the show competition, but the real competition in this show. For those of you that fast forwarded your show to the halfway point, and have no idea what we're talking about. These are the <laughs> these are the ten expensive products you're wasting your money on, and the score of this scintillating competition. Paula's in third with one, Joseph's in second with two, Len's in first with three. But the good news is. The last round is worth three points, so it's still anybody's game. (laughs) That is how we build excitement about round three here on the show. So, Paula, you are in third. So that means in round three, you go first. Ten are out there. We've guessed four of them from the last six. What's one of the ten most expensive products you're wasting your money on? Ten expensive products you're wasting your money on. Okay, so the ones that we have accurately guessed are uh, you're wasting your money on the, li- the- brand name medication. <laughs> you're wasting your money on premium gasoline. You're wasting your money on designer clothing. And then what was the fourth one that we already guessed? The latest iPhone or other overhyped gadget. The latest gadget. You're wasting your yes. money on the latest gadget. Medicine. Okay, we're spanning. I'm thinking industries now. So we've covered technology. We've covered healthcare, we've covered fashion, clothing, and we've covered uh, mind drawing a blank. Yeah, fashion, tech, pharmaceuticals, healthcare, and um... <laughs> gasoline. And, and gasoline. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Wow. All right. So, what other industries are out there? Products. Okay. So, there's utilities products you're spending your money on, but I don't think that they would consider a high utility bill to be a product. So I'm not going to venture a guess within that industry segment. Let's see. Consumer discretionary. Consumer staples. Oh, oh, geez. Okay. This is a risky guess. Organic groceries. Is organic groceries on the list? 
It didn't make no. it. Oh, it didn't make it. I was with you, Paula. I was with you on that one. <laughs> What'd you say, Joseph? You thought that would be there? I was sure avocado toast would be on avocado. There. Absolutely. We had to have, I don't know why it's not on here. We did a list, a uh, different list that had uh, things you're wasting, uh, not wasting money on, but things that are overpriced and avocado toast was on that ah, list, okay. but organic groceries, I think, I think most experts say like half the time you're wasting your money on the organic label because it really mm-hmm. does no good. Well, mm-hmm. it, it depends on the specific food items. So something like bananas that have a peel, oh. you can buy conventional. Uh, whereas something uh, like berries, like strawberries that are directly exposed to the pesticide, I buy those organic. I'm guessing the editors would have not wanted to put in organic because they wouldn't have wanted the backlash. But iPhone was okay. <laughs> Which is, by the way, <laughs> the reason I'm smiling is because the last time we talked about organic stuff, I got backlash. So <laughs> yes, all organic is good organic was uh, what I was told. So I actually did an article on 15 organic fruits and veggies that aren't worth paying more for. And I'm just, well, let me, I'm just right now I'm scanning it. What I had here with, this was from uh, uh, the environmental working group. Are you, looking, are you looking crap and, up on the internet while we're doing this? Are you cheating? I'm, I'm, no, I'm reading my own article <laughs> here. Let's see here. What is it? Uh, what do they say? The cleanest fruits, sweet corn, avocados, pineapples, and cabbage are the top four things you should, they're saying don't buy organic. You just be wasting your money. I had people telling me that all organics, good organic. And I wrote back that my seven fingers that are willproof <laughs> otherwise. The, the fact that I have an eye in the back of my head and two in the front of my head means that uh, all this, uh, non- no, I'm kidding. All right. Paula, Paula can take a break here. She's uh, like, uh, like uh, I'm out. out of the running. So Joseph, it's your chance to defeat Len, or at least to uh, <laughs> to give it a shot. Yeah, he's, have to he is never going right, to Joseph. He's never going to let the three point system down if I win this. <laughs> uh, right. so, so I'm trying to put my mind into the the mind of a fashion merchandising major because I, I think that's where this is coming from. So Evan's question actually kind of got me thinking about this, and I'm going to say uh, you know like so an expensive car or or a new car or something like that. Is an expensive or new car on the list? Brand new cars make the list. The author writes, as someone who purchased a new car, I totally get the appeal here. It's brand new, never owned, only two miles in the odometer, smells like a new car. That's all fine and good, but the second you drive a new car off the lot, its value drops. Even if you sold it the very next day, you wouldn't be able to recoup all your money. If you're willing to shop around and be patient, chances are you can find a like-new vehicle that will cost you several thousand dollars less than a new car. So why wouldn't you? I think it's funny how the author of this talks out of both sides of the mouth. I own a new car, and I'm a moron. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph, Joseph Uh, I I want to leasing would be under that. Leasing, but we had leasing on a different list of, I don't remember, it wasn't the same topic, but it was a similar topic where leasing appeared. But yeah, leasing is not on this list. We're done with cars. All right, Len, the pressure's on. Joseph now has five. You have three. See, the three-point system is saving your bacon here, pal. <laughs> yeah, that's and that sizzling sound is me right now. I'm seething right now that, that Joseph pulled that out. Very good, Joseph. All right. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I would have lost this game anyways because Paula – I was going to go with the organic vegetables. So Paula saved me from getting the wrong answer. So there are <laughs> obvious ones left on this list. I'll give you that hint, which I know you is will? no good. But mm. the ones that are on here, you're going to go, yeah, that's a waste of money. 
All right, this is kind of controversial too. People are going to wince when I say this, but because <laughs> this is a passionate thing for a lot of people. I am going to say not sending your kids to public school and, and sending them off paying, you know, a parochial school or, or some other private based school. Send your hate mail to Len. Lenpenzo.com. <laughs> yeah, as a as a private school kid myself. <laughs> is private school on this list? It is not on this list. And the winner is Joseph, all the way from Columbia, South Carolina, taking home the win. <laughs> the other Columbia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. The other, other Columbia. Yes, that's right. How do you feel, Joseph? <laughs> I am exuberant. Yes. Your prize you can, is... You can, you can hear it in my voice. You can take Congratulations, a, you've won a bow tie. That's right. <laughs> you can take a photo of all of us together, suitable for framing. There it is. That's your big win. That's the gift. <laughs> that is that is the gift. We're going to give you a thirty percent oh, raise okay. over what we we're paying you already. Let me go over the other ones on this list, guys, because these are these are some interesting ones. Number one might be controversial for some people, especially people in Flint, Michigan. Paula, what's number one when I say Flint, Michigan? Cars or not having clean drinking water? Bottle water. You're wasting ah. your money. That is too obvious. But how, how is that expensive, though? That's true. Buying I'm, bottled water. I'm, I'm cheap expensive. and bottled water still. Uh, bottled water, a good question. Uh, and right to the author of this piece, Joseph. Well, no, I'll, I'll tell you why, because I've actually done, done this study as well. The price of water, at least where I live, even here in, in arid Southern California, it's a half a cent per gallon. A half a cent per gallon. You know, what are you paying a one bottle of bottled water? I mean, you know, it's 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 a hundred times more, more than a hundred times yeah. more. And it's interesting. This is number one on the list. And Len, to back up what you're saying, it says, I know what you're thinking. Bottled water isn't that expensive, but when you consider you can get it for free from a faucet, then yeah, it is. If you're not convinced bottled water is a waste of money, you should also consider its impact on the environment. The Earth Day Network explains the average American uses more than 150 disposable plastic water bottles every year for a countrywide total of around 50 billion. Oh, and only 23% of those bottles ever get recycled. It says, do your wallet and the earth a favor and buy a Brita filter, please. We actually did that at our house. I like the Brita filter better. Uh, we have horrible water here in, in Texarkana. Number two, we talked about the iPhone. Joseph got that one. But number two is... Len, what do you think when I say we got the iPhone, but what kind of goes along with the iPhone that might be a waste of money? Uh, a smug feeling of righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Or is that just all I, I have no idea. What goes with an iPhone? I don't know. The headphones? How, the yeah, headphones. Absolutely. How about the brand name tech accessories that come with there it? It's reasonable to assume an Apple brand phone charger would somehow be superior to the cheap one you see at the pharmacy checkout counter. But the truth is... They're pretty comparable products. I won't read the rest of that. Let's go on to the next one. The next one that was on here. Of course, it's on every list. And Joseph, David Bach talked about this one. You're pointing to me on a radio show. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't have any idea. No, Paula's got it. Paula, what's what's David Bach's big axe grinds? Lattes. Yes, your daily Starbucks uh, coffee. Oh, my God. There we go. The daily yeah, Starbucks coffee. Jeez. Yes. Yep. 
Number six, uh, Len Penzo does this, and we talk about it all the time. We Everybody always says, if you're going to cut money in your budget, the easy, easy things to cut are spending money on your cell phone plan, going out to restaurants, and your extensive cable TV package. Oh, yes. Well, that will never happen at my house. I already told you that. Yes. yes. Are you kidding? That, that's, where <laughs> they draw, that's where they draw the line. <laughs> At the Penzo house. And then the last one on here is another easy one, but not one I think we would have thought of is movie theater snacks. <laughs> the concession stand at the movie theater, super expensive. I can, I can honestly say I do not spend much money there. It is. Yeah, you're smart. <laughs> I remember, I love this comic strip, Bloom County. You guys know Bloom County? And yes. uh, Opus from Bloom County looks out, of course, breaks the fourth wall and looks out at me reading the comic strip and goes, I love the dollar movie. I save a ton of money. And then he's at the concession stand and he's being handed <laughs> some popcorn. And the guy's like, that'll be $87 and 60 cents. And he's like, what a bargain. <laughs> so great. $1 for the movie and a billion dollars for the movie theater stuff. So that's our, that's our thing. And speaking of that, that's our show guys. Let's talk about what's going on where you guys live. Len, besides your awesome piece on organic uh, veg fruits and vegetables, <laughs> what, yes. what else you got no, there hey, on you know that what? Len Penzo site? Thanks, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I have a margarine taste test, one of my famous family taste tests uh, where we compare various margarines. Which one is the best tasting and the lowest price? So check that out. Although I'd be cooking with butter, folks, if I were you for Thanksgiving. But Just a little story about that. He's not here. But OG went to a nice steakhouse with Mrs. OG on their anniversary. And Mrs. OG really liked the butter. And so she said, I love this butter. What is it? And the woman said, you want to know our secret? She said, well, yeah, that's why I asked. And she leaned forward and said, it's Lando Lakes. <laughs> And then she said that they actually, they have their own salt with some extra herbs in it. And they put that on the Land Lakes. But she said, seriously, it's Land Lakes with their own stuff on it. So That's right. Land Lakes. They, they have the soft butter. It's really good. Yes. I wonder where that one lands because that's my favorite. Paula, what's going on over there at Afford Anything? At the crazy Afford Anything podcast, this guy named Joe Saul Sihai came Ooh. on the show to, I know, right? To be all serious and answer questions like a professional. That is so, un uncommon. Oh my I know, gosh. right? That happens. So R come to the Afford Anything podcast to listen to myself and Joe tell people how to live their lives. <laughs> we love telling people how to live their lives. <laughs> Joe's I'm also doing an interview with the uh, guys from the Choose FI podcast. So that is also at the Afford Anything podcast. I love those guys. Brad and Jonathan are so fun. Jonathan and I talk, I think, just about once a week about podcasting. I love the collaboration oh, in this awesome. community. It's really cool. Yeah, so, that's yep. fantastic. Great guys. And they've got a great community over there. Joseph, it's about time we got you on the show, man. Thanks for bringing the bow tie today. We appreciate it. It was fun. I, uh, I need to go take a bath with some bath salts now after this, uh, <laughs> this rabid session, uh, this rabid radio show here. We just have to clarify which type of bath salts you're using because apparently there's your <laughs> my bath salts and then there's Paula's bath salts, which are a whole different <laughs> Hey, they're thing. not my bath salts. I just read about them. Although this idea of your wife throwing Mortons at you while you're in the shower has still got me a little creeped out. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned to the YouTube channel because we'll have a video on it. Well, <laughs> That's part of the World Dominatrix Summit. Yes. Is. Well, let's talk money. And what's uh, coming up on Let's Talk Money? Uh, just, you know, just having a great time. Uh, 
building the community and, and talking about personal finance, investing, and making money. I've you know, recently discovered live streaming, so uh, we're getting on there every every Friday to live stream and talk live with, uh, with everybody in the community. And uh, and I'd love for everybody to stop by. I love your, uh, in fact, that noise in the background was, I just actually, cl- I, I don't know what the hell I was doing. I clicked on, on one of your pieces, investing tips to save 150,000 or excuse me, $105,000, three massive investing fees. That's a good one. One talking about where you're talking about dividends, uh, all kinds of fun stuff there. And we'll link to your YouTube channel on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com. That's going to do it for today, guys. Uh, Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what did we learn today? First, buying that latest iPhone or tech gadget. If you can hold off on your FOMO, you'll probably score it next year for a lot less money and avoid some of the new product headaches. Second, still in that monster cable package, you might do better by looking around. With new products coming out all the time in the television and entertainment arena, you may easily find a better deal on your favorite programs. But the big lesson... Green and white bow ties? Really, Joseph? Just because Joe went to Michigan State doesn't mean you need to suck up to him with a bow tie in his school colors. If you were smart, you'd wear a teal and lime green bow tie that represents the school colors of my alma mater, Southwest Bahama State Technical Institute and Beauty School. That's where the real brains behind the show went to school. Special thanks to Joseph Hogue for joining us. You'll find his famous bow ties at his YouTube channel, Let's Talk Money, on YouTube, and his Peer Finance 101 site at peerfinance101.com. Paula Pant appears courtesy of affordanything.com. Len Penzo appears courtesy of lenpenzo.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm a lot deeper than you realize. In fact, sometimes I just stand in front of my mirror and reflect. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests, in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor.
Joseph, welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. I don't know if you know that, but what happens Sweet. here? This is where we get to work blue, huh? <laughs> this is it. This is it. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about everybody's Morton Salt uh, throwing incidents. Yes. No. Actually, I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. What did I sign up for? <laughs> yeah. We were talking about, uh, you know, this whole episode, Doug's been obsessed with Joseph's bow ties. So I thought that we'd talk about fashion nightmares. Has there ever been a time when you have an issue, a fashion issue, maybe a fashion mistake? Maybe it's a, uh, what do they call it? A Warburg malfunction? Maybe even one of those that happened to you. Paula, do you have any of those? I definitely have plenty of what other people considered fashion blunders and I considered comfortable clothing. Um, <laughs> so when I was in college, I would wear jeans that were kind of like a little bit baggier because they were more comfortable in the waist rather than those like skin tight, somewhat uncomfortable jeans that women often wear. Or Len. And, Len wears those all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they fit great in the waist. They were comfy. But eventually my roommates, my college roommates actually staged an intervention and they sat me down and they were like, Paula, as your friends, we must intervene. We cannot allow you to continue wearing those jeans. And I was like, which pair? They were like, all of them. Everything you own Are must you, go. You're kidding me. I'm completely serious. They stepped in and tried to save me from myself because I just constantly erred on the side of comfort, apparently to uh, an unacceptable degree. Wow. You must have been horrified. No, I mean, I was like, but you guys, but my body shape, it's just like, it's just, I don't know, stuff that fits well in the waist ends up being baggy everywhere else. And, and, uh, so eventually, fortunately, the whole issue got solved because then yoga pants became a a fashion thing. And there it was. Yeah. And they're super comfortable because they've got an elastic waistband. So I can just wear yoga pants all day, every day. And then this company called Beta Brand started making yoga pants that look like jeans. And so, boom, best of both worlds. Len's wearing yoga pants right now. Uh, no, that's where you're wrong, Joe. I'm not wearing pants. Oh, that's right. No. I'm, so, I'm so sorry <laughs> to get that wrong. Len, you've got to have a fashion faux pas story. Uh, I do. It was a nightmare for me at the time. It was on business. I was on a business trip. I flew to a city where I was giving a, a very important briefing to a general, a two-star general, and a whole bunch of other brass for the military on a military base. Unfortunately, my plane lost my luggage. So the meeting was the, for the next day. All I had basically was what I wore on the plane. And that was just a pair of the grossest shorts you've ever seen, and a t-shirt, and uh, my beanie hat that you see, and tennis shoes. So basically, I had to uh, give my briefing in my shorts and my t-shirt and my beanie. I didn't have my beanie hat on, but uh, much apologies to everyone for my dress. But I, you know, I told them my, my luggage was lost. So from now on, I, I don't dress quite so shabbily on, on business travel. <laughs> for Just in case that ever happens again, I make sure I have something decent on. But I'm sure they, they, they must have given you a pass to some degree. Oh, they did. They were very nice. Yeah, they, they all got a, actually, like, they got a kick out of it because I was, they knew I was completely uncomfortable and, uh, yeah. It, it was, it was not good. It's still, <laughs> I was going to say, it still doesn't make it any easier. No, it yeah. doesn't. No. Uh, Joseph, how about you? Any, uh, Colombian horror stories in fashion? <laughs> not, well, not Colombia. And 
So 2011, I had been doing equity analysis for quite a few years and, uh, you know, doing some media appearances and that, but, but I got invited to a Bloomberg conference in, uh, in New York, uh, speak on a panel. This was going to be my big break. Uh, so I, obviously I wanted to impress everybody. This was, uh, you know, quite a few of the finance ministers from different countries were there. Uh, most of the other panel was CEOs and, you know, wealth managers. I go out and I buy the most expensive light brown light cafe suit I could find. Get to the uh, get to the conference and, you know, bankers wear black. That's it. <laughs> You're the uh, only so, guy. so here I am, the brown bean in a, <laughs> uh, you know, bowl full of coffee beans. And oh. uh, it did not go well. Needless to say, I haven't been invited to Bloomberg yet or oh. since. Well, but they should have known that you're going to dress differently, which is why you own the bow ties now. Exactly. I keep to my bow ties and my black suits now from now on. I have a story, so. but the best story that but, I ever was told actually was, uh, was told to me by my mom's neighbor, Doug. He was in an interview and, and, and he just kind of, number one, he learned that for this particular position, these people really liked uh, not just forward thinkers, but more aggressive people. He did his homework. He knew the business culture was aggressive. So he goes in, he chooses a, you know, there, there's a long conference table. He chooses a seat right on the corner. He kind of pushes back, sits back in his chair a little bit and sits in this power position. And the two people come and sit on either side. You can tell if originally they're like, wow. So they throw him a question. He goes, and it was a really technical question, and I just knocked it out of the park. But they don't seem that impressed. He's like, are you kidding me? I just knocked that out of the park. And then the other person asks him a question, and this one also is pretty technical. He knocks that one out of the park. He's like, it was amazing. They keep firing questions, but the longer it went, the more I couldn't figure out why they just weren't impressed. And I'm impressing the hell out of myself. And he stands up. He shakes their hand at the end of the meeting knowing it didn't go well, but not why, walks out of the meeting. He's in the elevator and he gets in the elevator and this woman on the elevator goes, sir, this is kind of embarrassing, but your pants are unzipped. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you think somebody would say something, wouldn't you? You would think wouldn't so. You? Yeah. The whole meeting, he said it was so painful. Oh, just that's terrible. Going back and he's just <laughs> nailing it. And all they can think is this Yahoo in front of me is sitting here with his pants unzipped. Yeah, not good. That's like the guy with the booger. You ever see the you know oh, coworker somebody with the booger? On and oh. I say something. I you know I take them aside discreetly. Say something. I, I cannot. It hurts me to let no, somebody walking around. You're too embarrassed to say. You got to tell them. You, you got to <laughs> tell them. Uh, it's just horrible. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law Eric who is such a giving person, Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website. Resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life. And Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. 
visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.